Football is back and so is the Ringer NFL show. Coming at you five days a week with wall-to-wall coverage from recapping the Sunday games, giving a player perspective, deep dives, and previewing the coming slate. Check out the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. I've come up with a new Champions League anthem. What's that? It's the same, basically, but at the end it just goes... The Hello and welcome back to Stadio Podcast Nung RC. I'm Mesut Kwanga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm um, all right, thanks man. How are you? Very well, thanks. Very well indeed. Really enjoyed the Champions League. We're on the clock today. Yeah, we're on the clock. Gotta move, gotta move. Because of uh, technicals and travel, we're we, on the clock. We move, we move. Yep, yep. So it might be a little bit more freestyle this episode. Let's get into it. How do you, you do, fellow kids? <laughs> but first, the admin. Let's do some admin. Yeah, let's do some admin. So we've got some big news. Well, yes. first of all, thanks to everyone who signed up for our newsletter already. We sent the first one on Wednesday. It was a bit of a brief flow through some ideas of how we're going to do it. It'll take us a little bit of a while to refine it, I think. So bear with us. Please don't unsubscribe straight away if we have a ropey one. You yeah. know, give us at least like three strikes. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Three straight <laughs> three straight terrible newsletters. <laughs> we did announce on Twitter. So if you don't follow us on Twitter and you don't subscribe to the newsletter, first of all, what are you doing? Please go and follow us at Stadio. Go to stadio.football if you want to subscribe to the newsletter. Just scroll down to the bottom, pop your email in. Like we said on the the um, show last week, we don't pass it on to anyone. It's purely for the Stadio mail out and to keep you up to date with Stadio stuff. But we've got some new merch. We do. There were rumblings. Were they going to do it? They were. Would they? Won't they? <laughs> Stadio sweaters. The number eight sweater. A black Stanley organic premium cotton sweater with the white Stadio logo on the front. And on the back, a number eight with a nice little detail of the Stadio logo in the number eight as well. 100% of the profits are going to the Trussell Trust in the UK, which support UK food banks and try and eradicate food poverty in the UK. So far, the response has been absolutely amazing. We can't thank you enough. Anyone who's bought one already, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We're doing them through We Are Print Social. So basically, if you go to weareprintsocial.com forward slash Stadio, you'll see the sweaters and you'll also see our premium organic tote bag. Black one with the white Stadio on it as well. If you want to buy both, that'd be amazing. Profits from both. We're not taking a penny out of this. 100% go to the Trussell Trust. And we are Print Social as well. Uh, Print Social also will, they donate a small share of their take as well. Please, please, please go and support it if you can. And uh, thanks so much to everyone who's bought them already. The pinned tweet on our Twitter page actually has the link if you want to just go there, twitter.com forward slash stadio. Uh, rest of the admin, right his house went up on Wednesday. It was a birthday special. There was a whole lot of love. There was. So much love in that podcast. We surprised Righty with some birthday messages from you lot who weren't there. And he got very emotional. Flo and I joined him on the pod. Uh, we gave a lot of love to the Women's FA Cup semifinals, which happened last weekend. And we talked about the Premier League. Gave some love to Aaron Ramsdale. There's a little Ant-Man mention in there as well. Nothing to do with Aaron Ramsdale. But that's on the Ringer RC feed now. There'll be a slight change to the schedule next week. But don't worry, you'll still get three pods on the Ringer RC feed. But we'll fill you in on Monday. Other than that, Stadio Outro's plays on Spotify. Search for Stadio Outro's if you want to hear all the music we play out on each episode. And yeah, I think that's everything, man. 
So, today we're going to talk about the Champions League. So we've got a lot to get through, let's get into it after this. So let's start with Ajax. They are through to the knockouts. They're one of the four teams who have already qualified after four games. We'll touch on those teams and their groups first. Uh, they beat Dortmund 3-1 in the Westfalen Stadion. 100% record in their group after beating Dortmund, what, 4-0 in Amsterdam a couple of weeks ago? Yep. I think this is a better, more rounded side, or maybe a more well-learned side mm. than the one that went to the semifinals in 2019. Because I think there's always a tendency with a side when they kind of break out to kind of think that that was their one big chance. Mm. And there was obviously a high turnover of players like a lot of that squad, those key guys left. None of them, you would say, had gone on to anywhere near the heights. They really haven't. Frankie de Jong has been really badly criticised at Barcelona. Yeah, and he was actually probably the one out of all of them. Well, the Barcelona fans still don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we know about Donny van der Beek and De Ligt at their respective clubs. I think on this occasion, though, even though they've been good in this group, I think they were a little bit lucky. Mats Hummel's got a straight red in the first half for a tackle on Anthony, who (laughs) Michael Oliver absolutely bought it. He bought the reaction and sent Hummels off on the reaction, I think. And Anthony apparently said after the game, that wasn't a red. He said it on the pitch. Oh, you wow. saw him when he was covering his mouth. He was covering his mouth, walking over to Hummels, and he said, yeah, that wasn't a red. <sighs> Damn. And it was really, it, it, it really marred a game, I think, because the game was bubbling up super nicely at that point. I don't know whether players might start doing this as a bluff now, but I don't think you can with VAR. You, it's hard to bluff your way out of scenarios like that because the referee can just check a, a monitor. But Hummels was so chill. Did you see his reaction? He yeah, he just, just like, shook no, 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 his hand. He was just like, no, but he was just like, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. Like, just go to VAR, you'll know, kind of thing. He was totally convinced yeah. that it wasn't a red because what happened was it, it, in real time, it looks quite bad from a distance. But then I was on, we were talking on Writer's House about if you slow everything down, it looks like a foul. So you should play stuff in real time. But this is actually one of those cases where I think you need to look at both. Yeah. There wasn't even really an impact on Anthony. It was more, it kind of comes after, Anthony. Yeah landing on Hummels' shin with his studs. Because the 360 is so fast, the dribble is so quick. Yeah, exactly. It's a horrible decision. It's a horrible decision. Two things can be true. It was a silly tackle. I don't think there's any doubt in that. It wasn't a great tackle at all. I mean, it was just, I don't even know if it was silly. I don't even know. I just think it was, it was just like, do you know what? I don't even know if it was a silly tackle run. I think it's just, it's quick feet. It's a winger with quick feet who does Mm. you. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't, I didn't feel like it was even, Anthony's got really fast feet. Like, it's just one of those. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? It didn't feel like particularly malicious. It's just like, you're going for tackle. And also, it's pretty safe to make a tackle that high up because you're not exposing your, your goalkeeper. So it's mm. almost like kill the count or kill the attack before it. You know what I mean? I didn't even, I looked at it and was like, oh my God, that's really unremarkable. Like, does that make sense? Totally, yeah. There was a, there was a quote from Hummels afterwards and he said, um, hang on, what are you saying? Super force money. Okay. Uh, super footballer. Now he must learn how to be a sportsman. Wow. Marco Rosa in the pro- post-match com- press conference was absolutely like perplexed. He said uh, this one line, I'm trying to think how it would, the, the gist of the interview was, or the gist of what he said was basically, I cannot understand how, you know, in real time, totally understandable to make incorrect decisions, but you have a load of guys, guys in the VAR room. Why has no one said to, to tell him to go and check the monitor? You know, when you have the technology now, it's really, really hard to understand, basically. I, it was like how that is a red card. I think I do understand, and, actually. I think I understand it. I've been thinking about this. Go on. I think it's like almost a kind of, in trying to establish, like the VAR and all these things have completely eroded the authority of the ref on the pitch, right? And it's mm. an element of like, I'm going to back myself. I'm going to back my judgment. The eye test. You know, like stats have kind of undermined what scouts are doing. Scouts are scouting the players and like, Scouts like this is the eye test. The only way I can rationalize Michael Oliver's decision is Michael Oliver trying to say, I, I, I'm the kind of supreme authority and I see stuff and I, I haven't got this wrong. And my, it's essential to my authority that I'm not second guessing something so obvious to me. Like it's the only reason I can rationalize it. I get, I get the decision in real time. Absolutely. But it's not a corner. It's a red card. Yeah. It's, it's a red a card. It's, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. what, that's what I mean. So I think there's an element of, there's an, I do think there's an element of like, I want to appear authoritative. And I'm not, I think, yeah. I think that's, that makes sense. And I'm not trying to be like yeah, dramatic, yeah, yeah. but I just, I feel that, that that's the only way I can rationalize him going, 
do you know what? I've got this. Mm. So anyway, Dortmund were down to 10 men long before half time, but they then actually took the lead. They should have been ahead before that, actually. Jude Bellingham missed a header um, after. Yes, uh, great Hassan, work, like, yeah, dragged the keeper yeah. out, crossed it in. Yeah, Jude yeah, would want to put yeah, that away. Yeah, a player, a player of his quality, as they see. Yeah. yeah. And I think this, that, was a, that was the only real blip on his performance because he was brilliant again. Defended beautifully as well. He, he won the penalty. Um, it went back to VAR. Michael Oliver gave it this time. He checked the monitor. I mm, seen these ones not given. I didn't like that. Given. I actually didn't like that penalty decision. I didn't no, like I it. I thought it was quite soft. Yeah, as I, well. I, I, was <laughs> like, I was like that. Are you subconsciously? I don't think he was, but it felt like subconsciously the lead taken by Dortmund, and then could have got a second actually for Julian Brandt. That was they a really good opportunity have. actually from Brandt, for Brandt. So they could have been two 0 and they were looking good. Their attacking trajectory was really good, but the problem is. Ajax are so good that, you know, there are some teams that aren't good enough to expose the extra man. We won't name names, but mm. there are some teams that are. And Ajax applied so much pressure that it, it had to give, didn't it, in the end? Yeah, totally. And this is a Dortmund side who are not down to bare bones, but they are missing some very, very yeah. key personnel in key positions for them. They're missing right back or left back. They're missing people in central midfield. They're missing people in the front line, obviously missing Holland. Ajax leveled up with Dusan Tadic, who... It didn't give Anthony the assist on this, but there was another assist from Anthony. He got three, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tadic took one, uh, as the Germans say, Genau in the eye <laughs> for his troubles. He went straight in. So he, he basically, for those who haven't seen it, oh, he gosh. scissors I, the I, post. Did you yeah, see the oof. way the post shuddered? I know. I, I, I went, when I saw that, I went, oh, like, I felt like a really sick feeling in the bottom. Goodness <laughs> me. Yeah, he caught that right. In the, bless him for, bless him for, bless him for actually carrying on so he was a real trooper he was very resilient after that I have to say yeah, um, he just grabbed hold of them and went to celebrate but yeah, in, <laughs> sometimes, it, sometimes Musa you've just got to grab hold of your balls and go and celebrate that's true that's true it's very much it's exactly <laughs> that sounds like did. some kind of like live laugh love poster vibes you know I, I might get that actually I might get that on it as a little quote poster sometimes you just need to grab your balls and go and celebrate <laughs> that's exactly what he did uh, quick note on that if you are someone who owns a pair of balls check them regularly yeah, no, that's true, actually. People don't. People don't. Just while, while we're talking about balls. Yeah, very true. It. Check them. Check them. Oh, before I forget, uh, yeah, it was about, about, about the goals, though, very quickly. Credit to Dortmund. They weren't bad goals. They were all the result of the team being stretched, but they weren't like, you don't watch them go, oh my God, that's a horrifying defensive lapse. Klaassen's one, I think, was a bit soft. Really? Because Anthony just had so much space just to side foot it, and there was just no one picking Klaassen up in the middle. Yeah, also, and also Anthony's, Anthony was so, Anthony, Anthony's first touch just opens everything up. Mm. But Sebastian Aller is such a problem. That's a hell of a header, though. That's still, that header. It's an amazing header. I was, yeah. actually, I was actually going to text um, the group, actually, the WhatsApp group, and be like, oh my goodness, this is like a classic centre-forwards mm. header. Like, it's so definitive, the angle of it. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm. Yeah. One of those where I think Dortmund were unlucky because they had to play a, an hour with 10 men. Yeah. And yeah. they still could have got something from the game, but I think overall, Ajax were pretty good value. They had way more of the ball, yeah. understandably. But it was really that last 10 minutes that they... It was, yeah, you know, yeah. Took control of the game. So I think Dortmund can't be too unhappy. In the context of that, yeah. In the other game, Sporting beat Besiktas 4-0, mm. which means that they are level on points with Dortmund. So I actually expect Dortmund to beat both Besiktas and Sporting. Yeah. Sporting might be the one that's a little bit tricky because Dortmund are away and then they have Besiktas at home. Point at Sporting will be... I think will be enough to see them through because I, th- I expect them to beat Besiktas at home in the final group yeah. game. Yeah. Let's jump to Anfield, Group B, Liverpool to Atleti nil. Wow, this was, this was really impressive from Liverpool. Liverpool are so good. They're so, uh, after after oh. the weekend's performance as well, like, I know we're, maybe we'll save our kind of tips for the Champions League yeah. when we know the groups, right? But at the moment, they're, they're, they're definitely one of my They are. You know, it was amazing about this. Atleti actually started fairly well. They attacked pretty well. Mm. But it was just like the moment Liverpool wanted to raise the tempo. It was actually some of the United thing, actually. The moment mm. Liverpool decided, we're going to go at these, they did it. And actually the delivery from Trent Alexander-Arnold was sublime. Like both the, both the assists that he gets, both first half assists, those assists are astonishing. The first one is arguably the, the, the worst type of delivery because mm. it's maximum difficulty for the centre-backs and maximum simplicity for the attacker. The fact that the ball bounces is great because it means you haven't got to worry about meeting in the air. It means it's sitting up for you. And that's all deliberate from Alexander-Arnold. And also when he hits the ball, the genius of it is actually, to be honest, 
There's no difference between that delivery and what Kevin De Bruyne has been doing. There is mm-hmm. absolutely no delivery in, in, because when he hits the ball for the assist, the field is completely different and it opens as he's as he's playing it. Like when he plays the ball, mm-hmm. that gap is not there and it appears later. And the same with the second goal. Like it's just and the finish from Mane for the second as well. And it's a Jota with the oh, first man. The finish from the finish from Mane. So good. It's amazing, right? It's like it's an amazing so goal. Good. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh Felipe gets sent off. Uh I mean that was I can't I, I don't like I don't like clumsy foul yellow I think was it the studs on the back you know, it, it's, it's, you know what it is it's because it's a kind of like it's a half-hearted kind of hack at him as he's running away it's a half-hearted tactical foul isn't it <laughs> but one that is really nasty because you had the studs on the back of the leg I if I'm being honest and I know this is a massive fence sitting but I seen them given seen it yeah yeah such a flip-flop I know but I'm just I uh, that is the definition of a silly tackle that is this I mean I think he should yeah. he should have been he should have been booked at least once before that anyway you know what it is it's a strong fair. it's an amber it's an amber card if like it's yeah. like it's a, it's a yellow and a half like it's but this is the thing though I think I, I not that I think that not booking players beforehand there therefore should accumulate to sending someone off Straight red it was, by the way. That's the th- that's the thing, and I'm not really sure why. I don't think the I don't think the tackle itself is a straight red, but he did have a couple before that he could have been booked for. It is a foolish foul. It's a foolish foul. Yeah. Whether it was him running away, yeah, from the ref when he was trying to book him. I was at that. Someone, I can't remember who it was, but someone someone tagged. Do you remember that bug on the old FIFA games that used to be able to run away from? Oh, yeah, <laughs> and you run forever. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing. Up to that point, Atleti had only had Hermoso booked, mm. and that is wild. Yeah. Um, both sides had goals disallowed or offside fairly yeah yep. and overall I just think Liverpool like supreme they just handled them like they absolutely handled them I don't want to do Liverpool fans the disrespect of not really talking much about Liverpool but they were so commanding it's like watching the they Olympic so, yeah, yeah. The, the Olympic like, boxing I'm watching Felix Trindelab the Olympic boxing and just like master class I think it was Trindelab just an absolute just ta- technical technical masterpiece and there was a little bit of needle in this game because of all the nonsense about the handshakes and stuff like that beforehand and like the two differing philosophies and obviously it being a repeat of the the game that was being played when the the who declared a pandemic yeah there's a lot tied up in it but to be honest the the whole like group of death thing i think was a little weird it was historic you know it was historic it was historic reference historic group of death yeah the thing about groups of death though sometimes is they often tend to be the case Do you know who killed the group of death costa rica because they didn't die <laughs> <laughs> i blame costa rica <laughs> i blame Kayla navas because that that broke the group of death concept because cost costa rica were like eh. <laughs> Uh, I saw a great tweet from Diana Christine about this game just afterwards saying, uh, <laughs> I hope we play the under 12s for the final two group games. <laughs> uh, we do have some questions, but I think maybe why don't we run through everything and then do a mailbag to wrap? Yeah, yeah. And then we can du- double back on some stuff we've missed. Sure, sure. So Liverpool are through. Porto are second on five points. Atleti are third on four. And Milan are bottom on a point. They got the first point of the campaign against Porto. At San Siro. Um, muchly changed from the weekend. Um, much changed? Yeah. Muchly much changed. Much changed. Much changed. Muchly sounds changed. more Shakespearean. I like it. No, it's good. It's good. I have changed much much since the much weekend. Changed. Yeah, that's good. That sounds better. It just sounds better. English is my first language, by the way. I promise. <laughs> um, Milan, Milan, Milan. I don't really know what to make of Milan in Europe. But also, I think this is a little dis- bit disrespectful to Porto because Porto are a gnarly side. And like, they had a deep run last year. They knocked yeah. Juve out last year. You know, and who do you think will go through from this group? Do you think Atleti will scrape out? I don't know, actually. I don't know now at this point. Um, I, I couldn't. I actually will have to fence it at this point. I don't know. They got Milan at home next. I think if they win that, they're good. I can't call it though because you don't know if Milan are going to have a resurgence. Maybe. Yeah, tough one. And also because they're fighting desperately for their survival. So at this point, you can't tell. The other two sides through played on Tuesday. Bayern absolutely hammering Benfica 5-2 at the Allianz Arena. Uh, there were some lovely goals in this game. Two Lewandowski dinks were absolutely beautiful. Can I say, watching Lewandowski finish is like, I, it's finishing school, isn't it? It's, abs- it's, a, it's a clinic watching him. It's like when you're coaching a youth side and you say, okay, listen, we've got training tomorrow. We want everyone to come in with three comments about Lewandowski's performance. Like, and everyone, 
everyone's watching it in the, in the WhatsApp chat. Like watching Lewandowski is like an, is actually at this point, it's an education. And he had a dreadful penalty as well. He did, but, that, but I love, but this is, he had, he did. But I also, I love seeing, and Drogba did this. Drogba was amazing at recovering mm. from a bad miss. You could watch Drogba highlights of a game. And if someone said, oh, actually Drogba missed a terrible chance. He missed a shock. He'd be like, what? Like he looked so confident throughout. Like hat trick and an assist. Um, Bayern had 4.97 XG, <laughs> scored five. We love to wow. see it. And that's including a penalty as well. <laughs> we love to see it. Uh, Leroy Sané's goal was really good as well. And uh, He's in his Bayern bag, as the, as, the, as the youth say, he is very much in his bag. Yeah, back-to-back 5-2 wins after losing 5-0 mm. to Gladbach a week or so ago. So Gladbach poked the bear. Poor Union and Benfica. They did, they did nothing cleaning up Gladbach's mess. <laughs> Barcelona with another win. Oh my God. Another 1-0 win over Kiev. Kiev Listen. might have saved Barcelona's Champions League. No, no, no. You know who saved them? The prince saved them, of course. The boy, the boy king, Ansu. Ansu Fati. Um, He's amazing. I do love him. He's so good. Uh, a lot of noise about Javi on his way. Mm, that's very interesting. I imagine that might dominate an episode next week. I saw Ricky have. Pooch. Ricky Pooch has changed his agent to Chavi's agent. I oh, think. yeah? Yeah. Oh, dear. So I see. That's interesting. Does that mean Ricky Pooch is on the way? No, no, no. Well, no, it means he might, he might stay around. He might hang around. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Can I just say, as a centre midfielder, as a talented centre midfielder playing at Barcelona, Chavi arriving is like Santa turning up. It's, oh like, it's like Santa Every turning up a week early. Exactly. It's like, wow, Every day's wow. a school day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Juve beat Zenit 4 2. Chiesa's. Okay. I love Kiesa. Shout out to Dybala so, as well. Dybala, like, Dybala that man has back. done yeah. work, work. They might need this European run. Or do you know who might need this European run? Is Allegri. Yeah, yeah. Because if he can take as much attention away from their league form. This is why it's slightly weird that Milan did that rotation. Like, have they almost kind of mm. thought, oh, we don't really fancy the Champions League because that wasn't the team you select if, you're, if you want to go. Because remember, they were top for ages last season, Milan, right? Right, right. I think Pioli wants the league. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. He really wants the so league. That, this is the only way I can explain the Milan selection and the only way I can explain, and also Juventus resurgence. I mean, but Dybala is so good. I think maybe, I don't think he goes, I, no, actually, I don't think he's underrated. I think he's rated. I think he is rated, but it's always nice to kind of restate the obvious, which is that he's just a beautiful footballer and, and very effective. Speaking of someone who used to subscribe to Firmino's Law, Marcel Sabitzer is in danger of being slightly overrated now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you go to Bayern. It's true, it's true, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chelsea beat Malmo in that group as well to remain three points off the top. I think those two will go through. And I see Hudson Odoi getting in the mix. I know. That's nice, isn't it? Mayo's boy. Yes. Shout out to Mayo, by the way. He did a lovely video uh, with Nike. Oh, that's great, isn't it? Yeah. Which we put in the mail out. Yeah. Mayo, what a great writer and presenter. What a great oh, he's writer. Just a, he's just a, he's a good egg. Yeah, is very Mayo. much so. Uh, yeah, those two are going through, aren't they? From that yeah. group. Right, Inter and Real both beating uh, Sharif and Shakhtar, respectively. Can I say the one thing I love about Shakhtar, Donetsk, above all, I love, I, love, I really like what is the team. The thing I love about Shakhtar Donetsk is they are as confusing to Real Madrid as Real Madrid are to the rest of us. <laughs> Do you know? Such a strange football team. But, but, but I love how they confuse Real Madrid. You know, there's a video on YouTube of like cats looking at cucumbers and just freaking out. Oh, I was going to pull that analogy. Wow. When Real, when, when Real, you know, when you've been, you know when you've done too many podcasts where you're going to draw <laughs> the same metaphors. <laughs> really? You're going for that? Yeah, what? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, Real looking at, Real looking at Shakhtar is like cats looking at cucumbers. It's like that. The funny thing was about this game though, I don't think Real Madrid were that good. No, 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 they, no, they were. I thought, and, and, but again, who came up big? Vinicius. Yeah, he's having, yes. a, he's having a hell of he's a season, man. I know we called it ages ago and it wasn't exactly rocket science to figure it out, but like Mbappe no. not going has been absolutely massive for him. Wonderful, massive. yeah. And you know what? I mean, it's, it's Real Madrid, so they're going to go after him, aren't they still? Do you know what it is? It's but, Rangnick Pioli energy. It's like Rangnick Pioli, like stick to your people. The thing is though, I think Vinicius is having a better season. Oh, without doubt. Mbappe, do you know what? Mbappe attacks Mbappe attacks in isolation a lot of the time, like, mm. whereas Vinicius attacks in combination. And that, I know it's a small difference, but it's like, because Mbappe maybe has been expected to carry a lot more of the sort of hero's journey, the way that he attacks is just different necessarily, whereas Vinicius's combination with the surrounding players is just, is super, is supreme at this point. There's one bit where he gets the ball and cuts down the left. Mm. I think it's Cruz just watching him accelerate. And it's almost like you just see him, like, just let him go. Mm. because he doesn't need to support because he's like, no, he's got this guy. I think it's the assist for uh, Benzema. It might be the Benzema's second, I think, or first. Yeah. But just that moment when you watch Vinicius just go 
Also, what was funny with this game was you always know that Real are in there, are enjoying themselves when Modric is taking up such advanced positions. Mm. The amount of times he was bursting into almost a six-yard box pretty much was quite interesting. Oh, so, it, was, yeah. it was pure vintage. It was vintage Modric. It was very much this is so, the yeah. thing, the partnership that those two have struck up, Vinicius and Benzema, I think a year ago was completely unthinkable. Who would have called that exactly? No, ago, yeah. I, I would yeah. never have thought it, honestly. No. To be honest, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have believed you if you told me that this is how Vinicius had been playing this season and how him and Benzema have been linking up, like vice versa as well, because like Benzema links with him so well. It's not just a one way, it's not just one way. Do you know I think who would have called it? Do you know I think who would have called it? I think Vinicius always saw it. I think, but I think, I think Vinicius always backed himself actually. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's what I love about it's him. worth yeah, remembering as well that he yeah. had that horrible injury this season before. Was it the yeah, season yeah. before? Yeah, it was the season before. The season before that. And um, I didn't get another one as well, I think. Do you not love about Vinicius? What I love is like, he's like, this is my dream job. Me leaving, like me leaving the Benabeo, are you jo- like, are you joking? <laughs> I just, I just like, think, yeah. I love the way he's got Vinny Jr. on the back of his shirt. And that's the, that's the best thing. Listen, this, this is an individual thoroughly enjoying his existence as a Real Madrid player and I'm here for it. I love it. Uh, quickly in the Sharif intergame, Alexi Sanchez did his absolute best to blow the Sharif keeper's head off with his shot. Did you see that? It just took aim. The keeper was just like, no thanks. <laughs> I want no parts of this. <laughs> keeper was just like, mm, no thanks. No, thank you. I am good. Good that win was for a, them. Good win for- that is a good win for them. And yeah, Sharif, I mean, to be honest, if Sharif get into the Europa League, yeah. that's fine for them. Especially out of that group, I don't think they would have expected to. No, not at all. Not to be honest, I don't think they would have expected to even qualify for the Europa well, League. Or to group. have caused teams this much trouble as they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, although maybe they did. Maybe everyone else didn't. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough. Let's go to Group A quickly and talk about Man City being what we are now officially calling Club Brugge. Club Brugge, yeah. Nice and comfortable after John Stones did his best and try and make it a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, although, though, uh, no, 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 it's Bernardo's. That's, but come on, Bernardo Silva got away with that because he sliced <laughs> <Yeah>. into his face. <laughs> but Bernardo Silva was just like, I'm out of here. So, you know, I saw Bernardo Silva's face. I was like, you've got no right to look disappointed. Did you put your mate in it? Like, <laughs> I did like the way, actually, I'm, I'm not sure. I have to go back and check, but like, my, I think I remember like Bernardo Silva just kind of scampering a little bit just so the camera shot could only get stones. Yeah, he got, gave his like, friend the L. Fuck. <laughs> uh, you're on your own. You're on your own, John. <laughs> that was poor stones. So actually, I suppose interesting detail, Cancelo. The thing I love about Pep, Pep, actually this is the thing that Nagelsmann and Pep have in common. They really love their kind of unconventional playmakers, like Nagelsmann mm. loving Angelino and um, Pep loving Cancelo in this game, who just comes inside. I think it's three assists he got in this match. It's two or three. He two, got three. Two. No, he got three. A beautiful assist, I think. Was it for Mares? Mm-hmm. And the beautiful, he hits it and he's like just watching it. He just hits it and he's admiring it. It's like, like yeah. a golfer. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah. So it's like, just keeps the swing. Like, yeah. that is the best. That's the best thing. Like, even at the level that we play that, like, if you, if you, uh, obviously, you should never, like, midfielders, you should always follow your own passes. You should yeah, yeah, never yeah. just stop. But there were a couple of times when you hit a pass. There was a, I remember I hit one pass once. I'm sorry for talking about the Champions League and then talking about Christ League. Ah, but uh, I remember being in a, like a really deep midfield position just outside my own D on the edge of our box and kind of looked up and someone was breaking on the left-hand side. And I hit this ball through two defenders towards the left-hand side and it kind of held up just as they ran onto it. They didn't have to break stride. And I just stood there and I almost oh kind of felt God. like kind of like a, like a hot shot. Yeah. I was just like, that might be the greatest pass I've ever played in my life. And it's lost forever. It's not documented. Anymore. So I'm going to fucking enjoy it and kind of like make sure that I remember that pass. Anyway. Actually, I have a similar, any of my friends listen to this, Danny McNeil, we played at uni, I hit a similar thing, and Danny McNeil was like, I hit, and I'm trying to enjoy it, and Danny McNeil's like, effing hell, Musa, get after it, he goes, it was okay, it was effing okay, it was okay, it was effing okay. Seven out of ten, seven <laughs> out of ten. I remember him screaming in my head, like, I still remember it, it was effing okay. Yeah, I know, you should never, you should never admire your own passes. Oh, always, gosh. Always, uh, <laughs> that's the problem, man, like, when, you know, if you... Once you've once you've released the ball, your work is not done. Can I say you know can I, you know can I say this actually? I, <laughs> there is never a situation in which my ego has not been hunted down. I've never been allowed to enjoy my vanity just for thirty seconds. Let me rest. <laughs> I've been chased all over this earth, right? Even on my yeah. Own well, the love you get, you fucking deserve it. So shut up. <laughs> Listen, I've been watching. Listen. I've been watching the internet, Twitter, Twitter. This these last few weeks with just 
the endless outpouring of love. In the end, it was all about love for Listen, it's not about, there listen, you it's go. not about you me. Let's, let's get back to Man City. It's not, yeah, it's yeah, not about yeah. me. <laughs> Kunle Ajayo talking about you sending, if you were a ref, sending someone off. Oh my gosh. And yes. I reposted it saying, Musa would send someone off and when the players protested, he would say, you knew what this was. <laughs> you knew what this was. <laughs> and Musa, you sent that gift being like, just basically all eyes on me when the players <laughs> <laughs> You would give Mike Dean a run for his money. I would. I was, I'd be t- <laughs> enough about me Man City were can I say enough Greenish? about me <laughs> that'd be a first oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike just, sorry we, we've uh, almost got him everyone we've almost got him this feels like this feels like Godzilla like when they've literally got like bring him down bring him yeah. down <laughs> enough about me but I will say Grealish in this game played some really lovely balls into the channels actually I love I really like Goodish's role in this team, I have to say. The thing is, he's still got a way to go. Like, this isn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't vintage Grealish, but I think we mentioned it earlier on in the season, how, like, uh, I can't remember who it was. Someone didn't like it, that we were praising him for essentially not doing a huge amount. But I think that this is a very different setup yeah. side, and he's having a very different role within that. I think that can be quite a tricky transition to have for someone. I mean, you look at Messi. I know Messi didn't play this week, but Messi transitioned into PSG. It's not really happened yet no no really not with Grealish the fact that he's locking down a starting position and Pep seems to really trust him I just think at this you see how many players go to Man City and lock it down from the jump this is what I mean and also if you ask if you if you were to ask Pep about whether he was happy about what Grealish was giving him he loves him this is the thing he absolutely loves him this is what I mean look at Bernardo Silva Bernardo Silva did different things under Pep to what he did at Monaco he did different things. Pep loves Jack Grealish so much, he's going to FaceTime him on Christmas Day. There we go. Right. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to exactly. be like, kids, kids, say hi to Jack. And, he, and Jack's going to be like, oh, all right, like, all right, kids. Yeah, just, just make sure he doesn't like you too much because yeah, two, years from now, yeah. two years from now, he'll be yeah. in tears doing a press conference. Going, oh my God, Grealish is so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> kind of replace it. <laughs> I love Jack Grealish. I don't care. Yeah, Come at me. Uh, let's go to yeah. the other game in this group. RB Leipzig 2, PSG 2 in the... Um, what I'm now calling the Mysterio Derby. El Mysterio. <laughs> That's what I'm calling this. <laughs> Two very confusing football teams. You're not calling El Catfish show. Uh, no, because that's Everton Arsenal. We know that. The also original, because... Also the original, well, oh, maybe... Oh no, Everton Arsenal is the super Catfish show. Right. These teams, PSG could win the treble and I couldn't tell you how good they were. Like that Real Madrid side winning three in exactly. a row. And exactly. Like, I, I still... Good? I still can't tell you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Derek Ray wrote a great tweet about this being like, this might be the most impressive start to a game that Jesse Marsh has had as Leipzig or something like that next minute PSG equalised yeah and then go 2-1 up that was after Andre Silva had missed a penalty not a great penalty at all however the thought did dawn on me during it there are a few things that I would rather do less in this world than face Gianluigi Donnarumma on a penalty especially when Donnarumma's played against you in training I swear and knows what you like doing I swear a shadow loomed over the 18 yard box that dude is Huge. Is there even a gap in the goal? This is the thing, actually. I thought about this. Is that actually... <laughs> I'd be interested in one thing, like penalties that go high, how he does a penalty. Because obviously you see with the Maguire mm. thing. I think with people like that, you just have to go high if there's any I mean, way to be f- Yeah, it's like, to be fair, Andre Silva's penalty was not good. It's not good. It's not and good. it was it's such good. a perfect height for him. And yeah. he should have done better on the penalty. But um, Zabatzlai got one at the end. Showed him how to do it. Although Donnarumma almost got to that as well. That was a, yeah, that's a really good penalty, actually. It was really good down the corner, yeah. I think, I think Jorginho is happy that he's Italian. He doesn't take one against. I mean, that's that, that, because that is the matchup the world wants to see. <laughs> Chelsea get PSG. Yeah. Like, Jorginho's like, no. Yeah, I want to see that. When Adam got a brace. Interesting little feature of uh, pivotal games for PSG where midfield has come up big, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have taken the heat off that front line. Wijnaldum and, and Hakimi are two of my favourite signings only because they can plug into any team. Could pretty much put Hakimi and Ryan Adam in any team actually, mm. <clears throat> and they and they plug and they plug a gap somewhere. I think I agree that you can put both of them in any side. Mm. I think Hakimi is the one the that obvious elevates. Result. I think Wijnaldum is a curious player in the sense that I think he's good, but I think he was someone who just got elevated in that Liverpool side because of the structure and the system and the coaching. I think I think he's a tactical coach's dream. A, a tactical coach's dream, yeah. Do you know where yeah, he yeah. would have been really good? Actually, is Bayern. Yeah. Yeah. He would have been super handy for Bayern. I think so. I think you can just plug him in 
in a midfield three and he can really just, he, he, he can knit things together, I think quite well. I think Nagelsmann would have loved him at Bayern. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the PSG thing, I mean, we everyone saw that gif going around of when Leipzig had the ball and Neymar was tying his shoelaces and yeah. I was like, there's so much space in that midfield, even I could get a game. <laughs> Chaos! <laughs> um, not ideal for PSG. No, no, not at all. For Jesse Marsh, first point in the tournament uh, as Leipzig boss. They've got a bit of a struggle on their hands, man. I mean, I, I, if they're going to get into the Europa League, they need to pull out some performances. They have Brugge next away, but that comes after hosting... Dortmund this weekend and then the international break obviously they go to Hoffenheim and then they go to Brugge so, so that's a tricky little run that and then they host Man City on the final match day I think it will be PSG and Man City getting out of this group I think so I think yeah. so just very quickly uh, in group G Florian Kofal made his Champions League debut and beat Red Bull Salzburg 2-1 um, both managers looking rather dashing with their suits and white shoes at Lille upset Sevilla in Seville which was actually quick quick shout quick shout for um, Backer in this game and um, yes. and uh, for Lucas Metra who's actually like got a few goals this year and who yeah. actually was in a tough one like, he was kind of between City and Wolfsburg not really sure about things and a couple of nice finishes in recent matches so glad to see him showing up one th- quick thing as well we didn't shout out Christopher Nkuku again who has been absolutely unbelievable for RB Leipzig. This Actually, season. yeah, Sab Law made a point of that. He said, look, this is just, a, he's a great player who hasn't really got the name or the hype he deserves. I think outside of the Bundesliga, I think maybe he could do with a little bit more love. I think within the Bundesliga, people really know how dangerous no, he is. No, that's true. That's, that's very, yeah. yeah, that's very true. That's very true. But yeah, Red Bull, Salzburg, they lost to uh, Florian Kofar's Wolfsburg. Good start for him at Wolfsburg. And I really want him to do well because like there were big question marks about him after the Bremen gig. And obviously mm. he was a Bremen boy. He came through as uh, the coach of the second team into the first team. And he was one of those players, that, uh, sorry, he was one of those managers where you always suspected he would probably do better with better players. Yes, But if yes, I'm being yes. honest, I was still a little bit unsure about the fit of Wolfsburg. Now it's super early days, two games. I actually thought maybe for fit, Leverkusen might have been a better shot for him initially. It's quite a solid axis you're building on as well. Like yeah. if you add, if you, if you basically enable the playmakers higher up the pitch, mm-hmm. And a, with a, from a solid base, a 43-1, you can actually do something quite interesting, I think. We'll see yeah, how it works I out. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Wolfsburg are level on points with Lille in that group. Uh, Red Bull Salzburg are top and Sevilla are bottom. So the, the final, that I actually think that's one of the most intriguing groups to look at. Very much so, yeah. For the final yeah. two match days. Let's wrap up on Group F, which features your beloved <laughs> Atalanta. <laughs> and <laughs> your, the club you support, Manchester United. Yeah. We've seen this movie. We have. We've been here before. Like the Joker said, Musa, I think we're destined to do this forever. Oh, we are. We absolutely are. The problem becomes the solution. And thus, balance is restored to the universe. Yes. And so it shall be so forever and ever. (laughs) Amen. There's nothing new to say. And the thing is, at this point, if you say it, people get defensive when you point it out and you say, yes, the team spirit is there. Yes, the players are there. But there's just only so far you can get on talent and team spirit. And the extra percentage, the attacking patterns, the consistent, and I don't mean the kind of occasional connection, the occasional like lightning bolt. I don't mean that. I mean the sustained attacking patterns, the type of which that you saw Ajax pull off against Dortmund, right? The successive waves of attacking patterns. That level of combination is something which is the preserve of the truly elite European coaches. And Solskjaer, for his other qualities, isn't that. And because he isn't that, this is just going to keep on happening. Yep. It will just keep on happening. And that's just what it is. I think um, sticking with the back three for this game was a mistake. Actually, I think tactically, United have the players that they could have, they could have absolutely bossed Atalanta in this game. Mm. The problem is that those players who would have fit into a system which would have completely dominated Atalanta in this game, because bear in mind, like, Atalanta are easy to get at. Yes, yes. They give you a lot. They give you, you saw that in the first, in the, in the return fixture at Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have such a good, good technical, fast, young core available. And, the, you know, two of those players get four minutes at the end of the game. I just, I don't really understand it anymore, but I don't want to be one of those guys who's just like talking about it all the time. So, Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, two lovely goals. We're very lucky to escape with a point, I think. Um, we'll see. 
what they got the derby this weekend. That'd be interesting. But again, it'll just be a wave. Whatever happens, it'll just be like, it'll just be the wave. It'll just be like ups and downs and ups and downs. And it'll be like, oh, here's a chance of progress. But actually it's, yeah. It was another one of those games where Man United were like, what, third in the group. And then they ended the day top of the group. Uh, Villarreal second after being young boys. Um, That is the Champions League. So. That is. Let's do some questions after this before we wrap. Let's do it. Let's have this one from JL. JL says, what's making Ajax so magical? Players who maybe struggled elsewhere go there and find success, i.e. Tadic, Blind, Haller. Others maybe don't live up to expectations when they leave. Ziyech, Delict. Oh, we didn't even mention Ziyech ever. Ziyech, Delict, De Jong, Van der Beek. I smell another Cinderella run. We also had another one on Ajax from Snaps, who said, are Ajax the team to beat going forward? And these are all lumped in together. Anthony D'Angelo. Which Premier League player is going to be the next to have his career rejuvenated by Ajax? Donny van der Beek. That's my shout. Yeah, that's a great shout. You know, Ajax are not, I would, they, I would say they're not Cinderella. They're like Colombia at World Cup 2014 in that their peak is good enough. They probably won't win it, but their peak is good enough that they can win it. Mm-hmm. And they're that team that no one wants to play because you know if you catch them, if you catch them at a certain point in the season, it's horrible. It's a mm-hmm. horrible matchup and proposition. Because they've got a variety of ways they can, they can hurt you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why, why they're doing well? I think it's actually very simple. I think it's superb recruitment and superb coaching. And a clear plan from all the way up through the system. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Yep. They know what profile of player they're looking for. They look for Haller. They're like, okay, he'll work for us. Obviously, he had his challenges at West Ham, but that's just a fit thing. And you see him at Ajax. He's just, he's just so comfortable at the top of that attack. See how Lewandowski is just like knows exactly what he's doing. Or to an extent, Suarez as well at Atleti. Like, Suarez actually looks quicker. Like when, he when you have a football team. Yeah, yeah. It's compared right, to right, when he's at Barca. Bingo, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, when you have a player in the right configuration. He also looks fitter. Yeah, yeah all of it. All, it weird. just works. It just works. And Hall, Hall is, yeah, yeah, Haller's like that. Um, you know, so one of the, really, fun, really funny thing, very quickly. Suarez scoring and doing his muted celebration and then again it was allowed and they were just like and all the Liverpool fans are just like we don't fucking care anymore Louis like yes, it was ages ago stop, stop it stop it it was like eight what eight years ago stop eight, it no eight one cares years. seven seven years no I was howling anymore. I was like they've forgotten they've forgotten you were there yeah. like they deleted your number exactly exactly they blocked your stories they blocked it's your probably, stories yeah <laughs> they muted you ages ago move on Move on. <laughs> oh, man. One um, tick of WhatsApp. One tick of WhatsApp. <laughs> Ouch. No, anyway, carry on, carry on. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so that's what I think makes Ajax magical. And I think that we've seen clubs who don't have the financial resources. I mean, Ajax have obviously spent more than anyone else in the Netherlands, for yeah. sure. But yeah. like yeah. compared to the top of the Champions League tree. They have to find smarter ways to, to compete. Another one from on Ajax from Dan McCarty who said, given the success of Ajax in recent years, why isn't Ten Hag considered for other top jobs? What club would be the best landing spot for Ten Hag? I think he has been considered for other spots. He, I think Bayern considered him at one point. Yeah. Um, and club, of the, club and infrastructure though. Give him Tottenham an infrastructure. as well. Yeah. Spurs, I mean, I, Spurs were after him as well. And I think that Barcelona considered it as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously he has a history at Bayern because he was the coach of the second team when Pep was there. I could imagine him at Bayern one day. Give him an, inter- yeah, give him an infrastructure though. You know, don't make him come in and try to wing it. Just like, well, this yeah, is the thing. I, I couldn't structure. see him yeah. going to Spurs when Spurs offered him the job. I couldn't yeah. see him going to Manchester United at the moment. Oh, it's a mess. So there's no no plan. I mean, I don't think he's going to leave Ajax mid-season anyway, so I, he's yeah. not going anywhere. I, to be honest, I think he might stay for a while at Ajax. I Why think would you go anywhere at this point? Why would you go anywhere? He's had four really good years. He is doing really well. He's returned Ajax or restored Ajax's kind of um, status on a bigger stage compared to where they were before because they were a bit of a mess for a while, Ajax, actually. Mm. And, but yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't like trying to get find people to I know that's not what Dan's asking so this isn't a me hating on Dan's question but um, yeah I don't I, I don't like trying to find landing spots for people at Ajax because Ajax is a really good landing spot for them absolutely and, yeah. and I'd yeah. rather that I'd rather just you know I'd rather that we've said this before we're kind of essentially football socialists we'd like everyone else to 
have a little bit more of the pie and the wealth and bring their level up so that we get like little, you know, we see PSV going deep in the Champions League or we see Feyenoord getting through and we see like the Eredivisie being strong and we see like, you know, all of these other teams going through. And that's what we want. Like You get to Boston, you get to live in Amsterdam. What's not to like? Oh you, get, I mean, oh you get to be goodness. a professional footballer and ride a bicycle around all the time. Listen, the energy that I'd bring to that. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love good it. Good record shops and some good record shops in Amsterdam as well. Yeah. My favourite restaurant closed down a couple of uh, months ago. Well, it puts a downer Listen. on that. So there you go. That's why everyone should leave Ajax because there Moose, you go, Moose there you go. for Ajax, would be out of there right now. Let's close my restaurant. I'm going. <laughs> on the phone to my agent. Get me out of here. <laughs> uh, let's have one from Rory Saligo. Should Dortmund start to worry without Holland being available? I mean, yeah, they've been coping okay though, especially in the league, but they... I know Daniel Marland hasn't been scoring goals. He's doing some quite interesting things up front. Yeah, I think Dortmund will be fine. I think yeah, Dortmund yeah. will be fine. Yeah, yeah. Chris Quinones, on a scale of from one to chaotic, how much chaos has transpired in the Champions League so far? So much that he <laughs> so said, uh, are we in from one with knockouts around the corner. Chris, so much chaos. I rewrote the anthem. There was so much chaos that Liverpool 2-0 up and I thought I picked the wrong game. <laughs> That's how much chaos there was. I was what? I kept going down. I was like, <laughs> you know, I've mentioned this before when a Labrador walked into a field and says all those different smells and you're so excited because you've smelt multiple smells. I was like that. I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Like, which... <laughs> That's the great thing about watching on the conference on zone is that you're watching one game and you're hearing the announcement of a goal somewhere else and it's just like, will everyone just chill the fuck out for five wow, minutes? Wow, wow. Just give me five minutes, please. Oh. I could not tell you which the most chaotic game was in the, in the Champions League last night in particular. It was so wild. Let's have two quick ones and then bounce. Yep, yep. Arnolfo Aguirre says, are you still hoping Barca crash out and end up in the Europa League? We didn't say that we would, we didn't hope, we just said it might be the best people thing for people, people are ascribing agendas to us. People are mean. Someone said we had a crush on Atleti. I was like, what? I mean, that's not, that's not wrong. Uh, so, someone, someone else, someone else said, what was it? Someone said we were sending for Canada. The Canada didn't rep. Yeah. What the hell? And I got lugged into something the other day. You were, talk, you were starting to poke fun at the Canadians about talking about how cold it was and I told you off because I was just like, I'm going to get the blame. Is it cold in Canada? Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I told you this. I told you, wherever I am, I check my weather app to see if wherever I am is colder than Canada. Yeah, you know why? Because <laughs> you're trouble. <laughs> Emily Oram says, was it fair of Michael Owen to say that the only difference between winners and losers is mental strength? No, it's completely unfair. And I don't really get this, to be honest, because the mental strength that you need to make it a professional footballer, especially in the modern era with how, how 24-7 the coverage is. You know Michael, what Michael Owen's doing there? He's myth building. What I mean is that, you know, like there are some, some managers who they praise certain teams and it just happens to be the teams that they end up thrashing. So that makes them look like gods. Michael Owen's key thing, maybe ahead of his pace, was his mental strength. If you look at like him going to Newcastle and the criticism he got, it just unbothered. Like that whole Michael Owen's core strength, even after his injury, was his mental strength, right? So he looks at he looks at that as the defining characteristic. It's actually not, actually. It's not. There's a great thing that Bernard Langer said. No, no, so a great, a great comment on Bernard Langer in the golf when he got the yips and he was struggling to putt. Simon Barnes said, the thing about Bernard Langer is he actually wants it too much. Mm. Mental strength, he says, is actually a little bit overrated in the sense that sometimes you need to take it a little bit slightly more lightly because the intensity is what kills you. Like, yeah. Also, shout out to Emily. Thank you so much for coming to my book launch the other night. It was lovely to meet you in person. It was a real joy. So thank you for coming along. She's got a great newsletter yeah. as well. Yeah, she Let's does. Really great. Yep. Yep. Good times. Uh, yeah. Just, I just think sometimes when I, you see, I'm not going to name names, when I see certain pundits I think to myself, you got where you were by reading the game brilliantly on the field. Okay. Mm -hmm. Please just take that to the studio because people would benefit from that knowledge. And if you don't give us that knowledge, you're just another talking head. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, Musa and I were dreadful footballers playing at a very low level, you know? No, so, I, no, you know, I, no, I, I, mean, I was, you weren't. I was, I was, I was. Stop I was here. You think I don't know you? This is the thing about <laughs> you. <It's> like, <laughs> Yeah, all right. There's, there is nothing you can say to me that I don't know what it really means. <laughs> Subtexts. Wheels within wheels. It's not about me. Let's get out of here. It's not about me, Ryan. Mate, nearly 200 podcasts and I knew you long before that. Behave. <laughs> right, everyone, we're going to leave you to it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Don't forget, stadio.football. Scroll to the bottom, put your email in if you want to get our newsletter. Go to twitter.com forward slash stadio. Pin tweet. 
You can buy the number eight sweaters. 100% of the proceeds go to the Trussell Trust. Don't forget to check the ringer.com forward slash soccer. Help back on the Freiburg piece is going up next week. You need to write something soon. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, and I will do. I will do. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Stadio Archer's playlist on Spotify. Speaking of which, we are playing out on a wonderful cover of Outstanding by the Gap Band by Al Charles. And all good. Wunderbar. No, nothing further. Nothing further from me. Wunderbar. Have a lovely Wunderbar. week. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Have a lovely weekend, everyone. Much love and we'll be back with you on Monday. See you then.